Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we talk Bears football with you. Abdallah, we are late. We owe the people a pod. It's week 11 in the NFL. The Bears face off against the Falcons on Sunday. And it's a Friday, but once again, we have a situation where we enter a game, enter a weekend, where we say, hey, the Bears have a chance to win. But to this point, we've seen the Bears lose many of these games uh, this season. They're 3-7 and seven as they head to Atlanta this weekend. Yeah, I mean, we're late, but I'm not saying don't listen to the podcast, but you could listen to the Lions one, you could listen to the Dolphins one. You could listen to the New England one, maybe, too. Or you could listen to at least the <coughs> or, last two. Or you could listen to Blocking Abdallah. Yeah, that's uh, true, too. We, we were yeah. on yesterday. Yeah, that's true, so, too. So there but you What go. I'm saying is that you could listen to the last two preview podcasts sure. and say, hey, just insert the Falcons' name and say this is an opportunity where the this defense is worse than the Bears' defense. The Bears' offense is better than this offense. They should be... Uh, if this was uh, in Chicago, the Bears would be the favorite. The, the Falcons are only really a favorite in my eyes because they're at home. The Bears are a three-point dog, and I think these teams are very even. And I think that the Bears, once again, have another chance to walk away with a win. And this is a game they should win. I'm sick of losing close games. This is a game that the Bears should go into on the road and win. Your defense is better. Your offense is better. You should be better than the Falcons. Theoretically, you are. Uh, With that said, you're better than the Lions. Mm -hmm. And you found a way to lose a lead that you had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter last week against Detroit. So, you know, it's funny. um, We make picks, and we're playing the cover five with Carmen and Yurko this year. And and we love to gamble just uh, if we weren't in a competition with the show. I would say this. I want to say that the statistics tell us to go Bears. They keep proving us wrong, though. You know, like... Theoretically, if they're the better team, they're getting points. I I think that's that's an easy let's go Bears here in this situation. I continue to feel as if they keep proving to me that I'm wrong. <laughs> like like my assessment of the team. I feel like I'm giving them way too much credit each and every week. And then they, they show uh, uh, either a drop pass here on a fourth down, a fumble there, a bad pick six here, mm-hmm. a defense that can't stop anyone. Uh, I feel like the assessment of the team, I'm right in my assessment, yet they continue to prove me being wrong to this point this season. And that's why, like, it's a flimsy favorite. Like, for <laughs> me, it's it, like the Falcons, you're right, are not a bird team. But they are, and they're home, and chances are the Bears are going to find a way in the fourth quarter to lose a football game. It's just by but, how much. Like, no, well, but I don't. But that's the thing. Be a close is like, game. I'm guessing you have to you have to mature as a football team, and you would think that the maturing process would entail not blowing a lead late like they had, or finding a way to win when you're down, you know, three points at the end of the game, or at least finding a way to try, to tie it. Like that's the supposed to be the maturation of this team is that by the end of this season, you're going to find ways to win games, and you know this is like the last real game where they have a chance like they have a chance against the lions again sure there's one more game against the lions but you've got this game you've got the lions games and maybe the vikings game because it's at the end of the season and maybe the vikings will have that number one seed wrapped up or that number two seed wrapped up and they won't be playing for anything and they'll be resting guys so to me 
This is a, I'm not going to go ahead and say must win like I did last week because it was the Lions and it was a division game, but the progress for me isn't on offense. I've seen the progress on offense. I want to see the progress on the defense now, and I want to see them find a way to win a football game because that's you have to turn these close losses into wins, and you can't just flip a switch and do that next season. You have to start doing it this season, and this is when it should start the second half. Let me ask you this. Which is more likely in this game? The Bears win the football game by 10 points or more or Atlanta winning the football game by 10 points or more? The Bears. That's what. That's how I'm leaning too. I, I think if Atlanta wins, it's close. Mm-hmm. I think if the Bears win, there is an opportunity there for them to, you know, like what if, <laughs> what if a pick six and a bad defense didn't take place against the fourth quarter against the Lions? Like we'd be feeling so much different about this team the way we felt at the start of the fourth quarter last week against oh, yeah. the Lions. Up two scores. Your quarterback's playing great. Cole Komet is catching touchdowns. This might be a pick'em if that was the case. And and like, wait, I I just feel like this entire week would have been different in the the way we shaped the conversations if that was the case. Uh, so I I think it is far more likely, even though the Falcons are four and six, they're three and two at home. I I do think it's more likely that the Bears have an opportunity here than Atlanta does. Well, yeah, the Falcons' defense, they're 32nd in success rate. They're 29th in rushing defense, 30th against the pass. So this is another opportunity where, you know, we've heard it from fans this week calling various shows and saying, hey, why don't you just let him sit, Justin Fields sit back there and just throw it, and then if he gets hit, he gets hit. Well, because you're going to get him hurt that way because he's not expecting a blindside hit or he's not anticipating the hit. When he's running out of the pocket, He's anticipating the slide. He's anticipating getting hit at the goal line when he's trying to go in like against the Lions last week. Or he's running out of bounds and not getting hit at all. So to me, if, if, if stuff breaks down, if the pocket breaks down, if no one's getting open, then fine, run. But this is an opportunity where I think Justin Fields can thrive in this situation against Atlanta. And because they're so bad against the pass, they should be able to find success. Their 30s, the Falcons are dead last in success rate. The Bears should score at will against the Falcons. And hopefully you see a breakout game from Chase Claypool, who's been, you know, hasn't seen the score sheet yet. So hopefully he can get on there. And maybe the the success of Cole Komet continues. You're not going to have Khalil Herbert. He was put on IR earlier this week. So it's just going to be the David Montgomery show. But I think that this is an opportunity where you can see Justin Fields be the quarterback that everyone wants to see and not just a guy that can run. We usually record this podcast on uh, Thursday afternoon. The one benefit of us recording on Friday afternoon uh, is we have the injury report heading into the weekend. So we can kind of figure out who's going to be available for this football game. Uh, the injury report today, Kyler Gordon, he's uh, been on the report with a knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday. He was a full participant on Friday. He'll play. Uh, Nikhil Harry has an illness. Uh, he was not on the report on Wednesday. He did not practice Thursday or Friday. He is out. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, hip injury, did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. Full participant today on Friday. He's questionable. Uh, Cole Komet, not on the report today. Full participant in practice with a thigh injury, so he'll play. Uh, David Montgomery had personal day on Wednesday. Full participant on Thursday and Friday. He'll play. And then you also have Kendall Vildor, uh, ankle did not practice on Wednesday, limited Thursday, full participant on Friday. He's questionable. And then Muhammad, uh, knee injury, did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday, full participant 
uh, on Friday. So he is questionable as well. So uh, Harry being out with an illness, interesting. Uh, He's not been available now in the last two weeks after we saw him kind of give a little positive bump to the offense Mm -hmm. the the game against the Patriots and you know the trade for Claypool they're trying to work him in as well it it seems like a crowded wide receiver room but if Harry can't be healthy I thought he was going to be an addition to this wide receiver group that we would see some progress here in the second half of the season well maybe it gives Vilas Jones a chance to get back on the field and maybe show something that you can see from him because you know this is you're at a point in the season two now where you're last in the conference Technically, if you lose and the Vikings win, you'll be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Not that they were going to be in the playoffs anyway, but you know, now is when you kind of have to start playing guys like Velas Jones, right? You have to see what you have because the wins and losses, we know they don't matter anymore. So you have to start playing him. So maybe this is a time where you get to see more Velas Jones and see what he can give you as a receiver. And, and definitely on returns because Khalil Herbert was handling that. That's how he got hurt. So I think that you know, you're going to see more from him this week. And hopefully he can be a productive player because at a, as a third-round pick. You know, and, and Kill Harry being uh, with a, at least it's not an injury that's going to keep him out a couple of weeks like hopefully this is just like the flu or something or and he's lost some fluids and he's just has got the body aches or whatever and he's like ah, I just can't feel I don't feel like I can play and then he's back next week right so I think that with Claypool and with Mooney and with the what we've seen from Cole Komet recently they have enough to beat the Falcons they should have enough to beat the Falcons. Like, Nikhil Harry's not the X factor in the Falcons game. No, he's not. Right? But I, I think it is curious the way that they're using their wide receivers. And yeah. we, we saw the snap breakdown. You know, you have your three starters. It's, it's Mooney, it's uh, St. Brown, and it's Pettis. And then they're trying to work in, you know, Pringle, who hasn't been available. Henry, who's, who's been off and on available. Claypool, who's brand new. Uh, this will be now... Uh, the third week in the system. So hopefully you see more of a, a reception load from Claypool in this situation against the Falcons. Uh, and then you have Jones Jr. You got six guys right there, and one of them is unplayable. He's been inactive as a third-round draft pick, inactive in back-to-back weeks. Uh, that, that's where Luke Getze on Thursday was talking about Vila's Jones. And do you have to give Jones, uh, you know, kind of a pep talk after he's been a healthy scratch here's Luke Getze the offensive coordinator for the Bears no I think at the very beginning maybe but he's done a great job I think you know uh he's done a great job doing the it's not like he's not getting reps with us he's getting reps with us he's getting reps with the scout team part of it so uh, he's been great he's been he's definitely been dialed in Tyke does a great job with him he's definitely getting getting better uh, mentally as far as being able to do more things too so I think he's definitely uh, you know on the right track Ooh, third round draft pick yeah. on the scout team uh, Luke no, Getze no. also asked uh, the question on Thursday, will he consider Valus Jones Jr. at running back now that the Bears are down Khalil Herbert uh, for the next couple of weeks with Herbert on IR? Yeah, I think we're going to look at as many different ways as possible to, to fill that void. No, nothing will, will necessarily replace Khalil. He's done such a nice job for us. Uh, been a mindset guy. So we're, we're looking at a bunch of different things. I think the answer there is no. I mean, why would you take a running back? Why would you take a wide receiver who struggled in special teams, who can't run the routes, mm-hmm. and say, hey, you're going to play some running back now. Because here, here's, in my head, what that will turn into is a disaster protecting your quarterback. Yeah. Well, also, too, because like he's had issues holding on to the football. 
So I'm I'm more worried about turnovers at this point. Like if you have to put him out there for punt returns and kick returns because Herbert is injured, then fine, you put him out there. But well, Pettis I, I, Pettis has been the punt returner. Okay, so and then so it's kickoff returns. Okay, so it's just kickoff returns. That's fine. No one's around you. There's not opportunity to. I mean, you could still fumble. Well, I mean, but for what, the most part, you just let that stuff go through the end zone. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. Is I would put him back there and say anything that's going to fall towards the end zone, just let it go. Put your hands out and walk away. Well, but remember, the beginning of the season, they didn't do that on like any kickoff. They were bringing it out every single time, which is dumb. Yes, that's, that's super dumb. Dumb football. I hate it. Because um, any like it's very rare to see a team return it out past the twenty. I think he's going to have more of an opportunity with Harry out. And him being able to play some wide receiver and maybe do something there and show his value there until he can get into, you know, maybe we get back into training camp and he can get back into the good graces of special teams and become the kick returner that you drafted him to be as long as with wide receiver. What do we make about Chase Claypool? Uh, He played 19 snaps against the Lions. He's supposed to be the number one or two wide receiver for Justin Fields in the future before they go and find someone else to be that guy. Uh, Luke Getze was asked, when can we expect to see Claypool emerge? That's probably a more difficult question. I think that's, I mean, um, I mean, if you watch, you're watching us play, right, and you kind of see how the thing kind of flows and, uh, there's a lot of moving parts, and we, we include a lot of people in what we do. And so uh, I think it's just it's not as simple as, like, if you're you're watching some teams like, uh, let's, I'll just use my, my past history of, like, you know, in 2014 we lined up in two-by-two two or three-by-one, and you lined up Devontae, Jordy, and Randall, and Aaron's your quarterback, and that's it. Like, that was like, – so if someone popped in that offense, it would probably be a little easier because you just plug in place where we just have a lot more moving parts as far as specifically one guy with what the way we're going right now uh, to, to isolate maybe is the best word. Uh, so he's he's having to learn a lot, and he's I mean he's done a tremendous job. I mean, to pick up as much as he's done in two weeks is pretty impressive. So I think I think the opportunities will just continue to grow. I think his role continues to grow, and uh, we're 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 on the right track. And then Getz, he also talked about do they need to simplify the system for Claypool, a wide receiver midseason coming over to join. Uh, this system. Chase said the route tree here is more difficult, more intricate than what he was used to previously. Is there a way to simplify things within it to maybe get him more involved, or is that something that maybe you don't want to do because that would change what you do offensively? Um, it, I wouldn't wouldn't be the second, wouldn't be the latter there. Uh, he, he's learning it. Um, I think you know how it started. It was like, hey, these are what you need to know for the for the for this game. And then last week it grew more, um, and then now this week you know he's closer to just like diving in and being a part of it. You know, so as we, you know, where now the expectation is we don't have to just tag the play as if when you're in now. So uh, I think that's part of the natural growth in this whole thing, as you can see. I mean, like we run the rock and we do a pretty good job with the play pass game, and so that's. It's not like we're just spreading them out. We're not the Cincinnati Bengals just spreading out two by two and spitting it out. You know, one on one routes. That's not. That's not been who we are, um, and so. It's eleven as one. I mean, that's that's literally who who we are as an offense. Okay, there's a couple of things there, and that's that that's a fantastic answer. Okay, one is that like I get that they're talented and they're very good. A little shade towards the Bengals, right? A little shade, absolutely towards the Cincinnati Bengals absolutely. that they're just running out there and letting Joe Burrow just Sling just wing it, it yep. and just go one on one and whatever wherever matchups he can find. That's how their offense kind of runs. Mm-hmm. Where like the Bears actually have to muster something up to get some kind of progress offensively. Uh, two, 
I feel as if this was said last week or the week before. Didn't Getze or Eberflus mention something about the protocols that were in place during the COVID year, allowing them to know how to navigate getting someone yeah. up to speed? Yeah, so, they did. So what, what they talked about in, in the previous piece of audio that we've heard, I think we played it on the podcast, is that when guys would go on the, the COVID list, they'd be missing, right? And then they might come off the COVID list. And it might be like a day before a game and you'd be uh, needed. And yeah. so they would say, here's your workbook of, or however they communicate this on uh, in digital format, here's what you need to know for the game. And this is, these are the only plays you're going to play. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting about that and why it's relevant, and I, I think uh, it's appreciated that Getsy is giving us this detail, is because if you know something is coming in football, it's easy to defend. And the best offense is a balanced offense because then the defense doesn't know what you're doing from play to play, and then play action can be utilized, and you can go with it. But if Claypool only knows, and I'm sure the defense can figure this out, he clearly only knows a couple things going into that game, then that means when he's out there, he's either the primary focus, or if the play is complicated, thus wide receivers blocking in the, the run scheme, uh, whatever the case may be, jet sweeps where it's a fake or whatever the play call is that's a little bit more in-depth, he's not going to be involved in it, right? Like, And that's why against the Lions in a lot of the, the fourth quarter, second half, he wasn't on the field because they were in situations where they had to move the football yeah. and they were both using the run and the pass. And it makes a little sense that if he doesn't know everything – he can't be out there because, like he said, they're not just running go routes. Well, yeah, and, and he's just not going to figure it out. And he's not going to be used as a decoy, right? He's not. He's not good enough to be right. a decoy. Well, but like it's it's almost to the point like it's a detriment to the offense because when you put him out here, like like the first week, it was very obvious that they had like six plays yeah. that were only going to him, mm-hmm. and it was it was designed that way to get him involved, mm-hmm. right? But outside of that, he wasn't he wasn't used because he didn't know the plays to be involved in the system. No, and I it, think that it, it makes sense to like you said that he wasn't out there. But also, like you script that first fifteen, yeah. So he's going to be out there for those because they work on that, right? In the beginning of the, throughout the week, but also now you've had some days here. Uh, he's had what three? This will be his third his third week, third game. Yeah, yeah so he should be at least. Yeah, up to speed on almost, most of it. Yeah, almost a month in. I I would imagine you're going to see more of them against now, the Falcons. What I'm surprised by is part of that answer is if you're running a two minute drill and you're just trying to get down the field, don't and you have Justin Fields, right? Yeah. Part of the offense should be just go get open, right? Like run your route. Like you remember yesterday? Did you watch the? Uh, a lot, did you watch? most of the Packers and Titans game. I watched it all. Okay. So towards the end of the game... I was was very um, entertained and enthused, and it looked great. Did you see the play late in the game where they were talking about how Alan Lazard 
was just running around and trying to get open. Yeah. And he was flagging down yeah. Rogers mm-hmm. and Rogers threw it behind him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he, Rogers was trying to lead behind him. To a space and, away from defenders, but Lazard sat down in a spot in the yeah. zone, but the defender was kind of shaded to his left. Yes. Where Rogers threw it behind him because there was no defender towards the middle of the field. And he did the same thing with Sammy Watkins, but Watkins wasn't there in time. Like yeah. Lazard was there too early. And Watkins wasn't there in time. Where, like, that's kind of how I feel you have to run this office. And especially because Getze came from Green Bay. And so because of that, I'm wondering if why he's not out there in those situations where you're trying to come back late in the game, where it's like, we need extra time, I'm just going to run around, and if the pocket collapses, you find, like, here's your route. Like, run your route, run whatever it is. But eventually, you're just going to have to find a way to get open as I continue to scramble around and throw the ball because he, they need his hands. Field, because Fields he's a did be- it uh, with the Pringle play. Yeah. He, yes. he rolled to the left, and he bought some time. And he had mm-hmm. two defenders in front of him, which I think at the start of the year, he would have tried to, like, juke and, and then yeah. go after. But then he... He waited just an extra second, and then Pringle came over the middle and kind of sat right down on the hash, Yeah, the, the left hash, and he, it was like a 13-yard gain. That's what I'm saying. Like, why isn't like, – Clay, to me, Claypool should be out there in those situations because he's such a good catcher that just find a way to get open. Like, I'm not saying just run go routes. Run your route. Run your slant. Run whatever. Run to, the, to try to get out of bounds because if you think about it, two weeks ago on um, what should have been pass interference – that was to the outside yeah. late in the game. So yep. just run. Just keep running until you find a way to get open. Come back in. Go to the inside. Go to the outside. Do whatever you have to do to just find ways to get open. So he has been out there late, but for some reason he wasn't out there. And whether he was injured or not, they obviously they didn't address it. And he didn't miss any practice time this week. No. So he wasn't that injured. No, I think that was a um, – I think that was a uh, – how do I say this? Was it a poop? No, 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 no. It's um, that's why you don't always believe what callers say when they call into radio shows. No, but you saw him leaving. I mean, you didn't see because you're there. But I like, was at the game. They showed him leaving and coming back. But like, people called in saying, "Well, he was hurt. That's why no, I was they out just there." Said, yeah, but, you, but and then you can't the response: he's injured. The response was, "If he was injured." Matt Eberflus would have said that on Sunday. That's why he wasn't in there. Well, he would have said it on, and then on Monday, Monday or Wednesday. He would have followed up and today. said it when he was asked about yeah. it. And then he would have been on the injury report. On Wednesday, he would have been, he wasn't injured. So he pr- probably had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Right? Like maybe that's, or some, maybe, uh, maybe there's an ankle tape job or yeah. something. Something he just needed adjusted. Mm-hmm. Who knows? He wasn't injured, though. No. So, so those who who think that they know more because they they saw him walk back there, well, I'm I'm just saying. He no, wasn't I agree hurt. with you. I agree with you. That's the, why I said the let's Bears wait. would have said that because otherwise, like him being injured makes them look look better. Actually, yeah, it does because, because it makes like, oh, them was... look worse that he's not playing and not participating. Yeah, because you just say, oh yeah, he was injured. That's why he wasn't out there. He was hurt. So I guess what I'm saying is he's been out like I'm con- I'm contradicting myself. He has been out there late in games, but I'm surprised he hasn't been out there late in games more because like just use he's a good catcher, so just get out there and find especially with the way Fields is and he's a good blocker, so get out there and either block for him or find a way to get open like what we saw far or like what we saw Rodgers do last night. What happened there? I don't know. We were, we were, I heard Carmen do it like two times today. So I think that's why we're doing it. We record this after Carmen. We produce Carmen and Yurko for those that don't know. 
Uh, both teams are really bad getting off the field on third down. Yeah, Two of the, the worst, worst. Uh, yeah. third down conversion rate defensive teams in the NFL. Something to keep your eyes on. Uh, both teams giving up at least 25 to 24 points per game. Uh, the Bears offense, as of late, has been putting up points. Top five. Uh, so, theoretically, I think this Bears offense will be able to score. And hopefully there's just not a bad mistake down the the stretch mm-hmm. where they can uh, take a win. I, it would be nice. I get that they're not playing for anything and they're last in the conference right now. Uh, but I would like to see a win. And, yeah. and who knows? I mean, I think the Jets will play well against the Patriots this weekend. So I don't think that they're going Jets to start backsliding. Really, really good defense. Um, but, like, who knows? It'd be nice, you know, this Packers game that's on the horizon – It'd be nice to to get a couple wins here as the Bears kind of head towards the end of the season. We know that the quarterback is legit. He's developing. He's the future. Let's get a couple wins here down the stretch to kind of add to the confidence. Here's what's going to happen, right? So if they win, let's say it doesn't matter. Going into next week, the the Jet Fuel podcast, because ours is the Bear Down podcast. Sure. Theirs would be the Bleck and Abdallah of the Jets would be saying on the on the Jet Fuel podcast that listen, if Zach Wilson's going to have a game, oh yeah, it's going to be against, have a great game. Like it's going to be against the it's yeah. going to be against this team because they are horrible on defense. Well, like the Packers stink, but Aaron Rodgers is going is going to light the Bears up. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt that yeah. they'll be able to score on this defense. But that's all they have, right? Like that's all the Packers have, and like the Jets yeah. have a really good defense, so I could see. Field struggling in that game, but if the Bears' defense was playing the way they played the beginning of the season, I could say, "Hey, the Bears have the better quarterback, and the Jets don't." So because of that, maybe this is a little more even than we think. But now the way this defense is playing, no, and the way the offense is playing against that defense, like I'll take the defense at home because, like, I'll take the Jets' defense at home. Like I don't think the Bears are going to beat the Jets, and no. I don't think the Bears are going to beat the Eagles at home, and I don't think the Bears are going to beat the Bills. No. The Lions is still, for me, a toss-up. The Packers, I don't know. Doubtful. But then the Vikings at the end of the year depends on who they're playing. It is possible that Sunday, this is the last opportunity the Bears have to win a game. No, they'll beat the Lions. I think they'll, they could still beat the Lions. Okay. So, Sunday and Week 17. So, maybe at best, you can get to five wins. Ugh. That's still pretty bad for all those who are wishing for tanks. Yeah, you got your wish. Five wins. That's pretty good. That's what you got. You know, I know uh, the Texans are not going to be there, but outside of that, I mean, the Bears will be in the conversation. They only get to five wins. Yeah, because you know what we'll start hearing? Oh, can you imagine if they didn't beat the 49ers? (laughs) They could have had this guy. (laughs) They could have had Will Anderson. All right, uh, Bears Falcons Sunday. We will be back on. T- we will be back on Tuesday with a recap of that football game, and we'll look ahead to Week Twelve in the NFL. A short week with the Thursday Thanksgiving games, three of them on Thursday of that week. So uh, here we go, Bears Falcons on Sunday, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday right here on the Bear Down Podcast. No, 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 no.